Holiday House Books for Young Readers, Peachtree Publishing Company, and Pixel and Ink present Kate Albus, author of A Place to Hang the Moon, and Crystal Maldonado, author of Fat Chance, Charlie Vega, in conversation with guest book producer Keith Strunk. Hello and welcome to the guest book. We are very excited today to welcome Crystal Maldonado, a debut young adult author of Fat Chance, Charlie Vega. Crystal is a writer by night and a marketer and a social media manager by day. She's been published in Latina Magazine, The Hartford Current. I'm saying that correctly, Crystal? The Current? Yes? Yes, you are. All right, The Hartford Current and Dogster, and is the co-founder of the online magazine Positively Smitten. Also with us is middle grade author Kate Albus. Kate grew up in New York, but now lives with her family in rural Maryland, very rural Maryland, I'm told. Um, Her primary background is in research psychology, but she was inspired to write fiction, and I think this is really cool, write fiction after attending a friend's creative writing group. Um, people very often think of writing as a, such a solitary thing, but it's interesting how often writers' groups have an impact on us. Um, and it's very interesting that this one has such an impact on you. She's written A Place to Hang the Moon, which is her first book. I welcome you both to the guest book. Welcome, Crystal. Welcome, Kate. And uh, I think probably the best place to start this conversation, because we're going to let you sort of go off and chat a bit, is to say, um, so you're new authors. What's that like? So we're new authors. So we're new authors. <laughs> hi, Keith, and hi, Kate. Hi, thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're new. We just came out with a book, both of us. On same the, day. Same day, February wow. 2nd, <laughs> 2021. Yeah, so this is actually, this is not the first time that Crystal and I have gotten to chat with each other. The the fact that we both had books come out the same day mm-hmm. from the same publisher um, has has led us to become actual friends in real life. So, which has uh, been, I think, one of my favorite parts of publishing this book. Oh. Honestly, um, so the book great, achieving a lifelong dream, wonderful, yeah. getting a new friend, the best. Like, I'm <laughs> Totally unexpected and delightful. And as you said, Keith, it's a very solitary pursuit writing. And so to to um, to end up with friends out of the deal is um, is kind of magical. Absolutely. And we both wrote down some answers for just talking about this. And we both wrote magical as our... Are you looking at my notes? <laughs> no, this is my notes. We both wrote magical for our first year no. debut experience because I think that sums it up really yeah. well. Um, I don't know about you, Kate, but I went into publishing just having no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what to expect. I just was unsure and scared, I think. Yeah. And so everything like meeting friends and getting to do things like this and getting to talk to readers. I think all of that for me has been magical. Yeah, no, I, I, I generally describe myself as sort of stumbling blindly through this process. <laughs> and, um, and it's been so delightful. It's been such a delightful thing to stumble blindly through. Um, people have been so generous and kind in their feedback and there's something there's something I've, I find there's something scary about sending your babies out there into the world, yes. sending your sending your words and your characters out there into the world. And people just could not have been nicer in their response. And to you too, right? I mean, Same. I don't, I feel 
humbled, I feel like every day. And I don't want to lose that in a, in a way, like I'm hoping that I always feel this excited by all of the opportunities and that I don't get, I don't know, jaded, you know, like I want to be so excited (laughs) about it all. Yeah. 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 So that's been fun. Yeah. Because I mean, I know, I mean, I know this is a first, I know your story is personal in, in, and so it has to have that extra element of, um, of anxiety and trepidation (laughs) in, in putting it out there into the world. It, it definitely did and was, and still is a little nerve wracking. So my book is inspired, um, by kind of my experience in high school. Um, so just growing up, I was this girl who was so different or felt like she was so different from her classmates. Um, so I grew up in a, a small town with mostly, you know, white classmates. I was the fat girl. I had glasses. So I just felt like I ticked all these boxes of being kind of this, this other. And so I wanted to create a character who embodied a lot of those characteristics and was celebrated. And for all those girls out there who are similar to me, who never really got to see themselves as that main character or that heroine, now they have Charlie Vega and they can look at her and be like, wow, she's on the cover of a book and she gets her own story. I deserve my own story too. Yes. It's so, it's, and it's inspiring, not just to, I mean, my, my own daughter who is a a scrawny white kid, um, (laughs) she, she fell in love with your book. Like I don't remember her falling in love with a book in my recent memory. So it's, it's a book that inspires everybody and that everybody can see themselves in. Oh, I feel the same about your book. So, I mean, I'm reading yours. It's a middle grade book about these adorable siblings who are in World War II London. And that's not the Kate I know. And yet that, and that's not me, but also I'm so relating to all of these characters. So like, talk about your personal experience and like how, how this book came to you. Yeah, I, um, it, it um the story was really born out of um my own fascination with this little piece of history mm-hmm. and which is funny because i'm not a super big history buff i'm not somebody who reads a whole lot of nonfiction but every once in a while i'll read something um and and it will stay with me and the evacuation of london the evacuation of england cities during world war 2 is a historical um event that has always fascinated me and for a long time i've um i've i've had this story idea in my head about um kids who turn out to use the evacuation as an opportunity to yeah. find to find a family or they hope to find a family yeah. um and i don't know how to describe how the how the characters came to me they just sort of were mm-hmm. um there are certainly bits and pieces of them that come from my personal experience um there are, there are bits and pieces of the story that come from my family history or personal history, but for the most part, the characters just sort of were. Um, and I, but it's interesting because knowing you and reading the book, I can see so much of you in 
the story, like the warmth and just the kindness that I feel like you convey on the pages and in all that happens. And then there's this, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's the, a great love of writing and of, of books and of the, just the joy of discovering a story and kind of escaping into it. And so when I read that book, it feels like I'm getting a hug from you. Like, Thank like it's you. you. <laughs> Thank you. And that part definitely does come from me. I, I wrote this, I wrote a place to hang the moon when my own kids were in that real sweet spot of mm-hmm. reading, reading voraciously mm-hmm. themselves, but also being, being read to yes. and, um, I spent a lot of um, a lot of nights um, reading to them, and it's my favorite. It's my favorite part of being a mom is reading to my kids. So oh, I, I, that, I agree. That was my my favorite memories of parent. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. I mean, hands down, my kids will still let me read to them. They are they are now wow. eighteen and sixteen, and That's nice. actually, in the beginning of um, of quarantine, um, we did some family read alouds and I think it was a comfort thing. I think it was just a, it was a way of um, holding each other. Oh, that's so nice. And that gives me hope. So I have a two year old and if we can keep reading while she's 18, like that is just the world to me. (laughs) You will. Books books become a huge part of their lives for sure, which is kind of interesting. You talk about a human condition, like the universal human condition that, that threads through your books and friendship and loyalty is a big part of that. But before we jump to that, because I do want to jump to that, I would have a question. You're talking about books and books you enjoy. What kind of books in terms of summer reading have you been enjoying or have enjoyed of late? And what kind of things have you read to the kids? What are you drawn to book-wise? Oh, I, speaking for myself, I am indiscriminate in my love of, <laughs> in my love of books. But the fun thing, you know, we were talking about the friendships that we've gotten out of this, um, out of this uh, publication journey. And um, my my year has been very much taken up by reading advanced copies of other people that have debut children's books coming mm-hmm. out this year. And that, too, was was a perk of publication that I didn't anticipate. I, I tell people that I really feel like I've been sort of let behind this Seek, let into this secret yeah. <laughs> society like like I I it, it almost feels a little bit wrong that I'm allowed to read books before they <laughs> before they come out but um but I think I've probably read 40 40 advanced Kate, copies oh this year <laughs> it has been such a treat so it's 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 a good year for um, middle grade and, and young adult books this year. You are like summer reading program goals. Like, so every <laughs> summer I would do my library summer reading program and it was this competition to, well, not a competition, but it was basically, it encouraged kids to read and to keep track of how many books you read and you'd get a prize for, you know, every five books or so you would win. I would win. <laughs> I would win that competition for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, so I've always been a big reader, especially in the summers um, when school was out and we would go to the library and just get all of these books. And it felt like I got to go on all of these incredible adventures that so while I was stuck at home, I still got to travel and go to the pool and have some like magic happen. Um, And so to me, there is still some like delight in the summer and reading those books. And I tend to gravitate towards 
a theme book, like a like a beachy kind of summery read. I love things that are a little lighter. Maybe they've got a little romance in them. Yeah. Um, and I just finished reading Starfish by Lisa Phipps, which oh. is a middle grade book, um, but it is about a girl and her starfishing abilities, which is this thing she does where she spreads her body out in the pool and it's taking up space. So she is this chubby girl who is in school and feels like she's got to shrink herself but in the pool she gets to starfish and take up a lot of room and so that is one that I really could relate to and it it took up a big part of my heart when I read it it's brilliant it is such a beautiful 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 story just heartbreaking but also funny and I think it should be required reading yeah it's really good and there's good friendships in there if we want to go and talk about Oh, Some yeah. friendships. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> nice, nice segue, Thank Crystal. <laughs> I feel like friendships play a huge role in Starfish and also in in our books. And just this, yeah. this, we tried to, I think, create this sense of friendships and found family, right? Like, so the people who maybe you're not necessarily blood related to always, but you find a community and the people who just get you so so for charlie that's her best friend amelia um who she sometimes feels a little jealous of but that she's always celebrating right and she she just always wants the best for her best friend and i think that a lot of people can relate to that they have these friends that they just want they want the world for them and that's how you should feel about your friends you should be rooting for them and be so excited for them and feel like they understand you in a way that other people don't it's such a beautiful and realistic friendship like it's an inspiring friendship but it's not I mean they have their moments and they have their things that they have to work through but um but it's a it's a beautiful 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 story of friendship thank you and I want, I want to hear about the friendship between siblings, right? Like, so you're not always friends with, no. <laughs> with your siblings. No. And I thought you did such a brilliant depiction of that, like, push and pull when you're all young and you are you have different wants and needs and you're different, but you would do anything for each other yeah. as yeah. siblings and friends. Yeah, it's... um. It's definitely, I hope that what comes across in in the book is, as you said, it it really is about found family. It's about finding your people. It's about um, finding someone who believes that you hung the moon, which um, as a mom, as um, as a mother, I've always sort of felt like that's the thing that you need to give your kids is Mm -hmm. the sense that that there is someone out there who believes that they can do no wrong and that, um, and that they could do anything that they set their mind to. And so um, that's what the title means. And that's what the, the kids in the story are, are quite literally looking for is someone who believes that they, that they hung the moon. And um, I believe that they hung the moon. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Your characters are so beautifully well drawn, and and they exist in a. The best way to say it, you have a very strong sense of place in your books, right? And my question would be, how did you create that? What is it? You know, because literally one of you was you, Kate. You're writing about World War II. I'm pretty sure you weren't there, and in England, <laughs> and yet I was not. 
not. Um, I, I was not there, although um, I always joke with my friends and family that in my heart, I'm like 95 years old. Like, <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, yeah, no, I think it's true. And I say that with some some degree of pride, actually. I do think I, I have an elderly soul. Um, but um, but I think in terms of creating the the place and the time, I will confess to watching a lot of television and movies mm-hmm. set during um, set in that time period, not necessarily even in preparation for writing the book, but just because I enjoy it. Um, so lots of TV and movies and books set during the time period. Um, and I also have family there in, in the UK. And so um, I have a, a little bit of a sense of, of what the place feels like what rural England feels like yeah. and um, speech patterns and and things like that so I definitely had my my Northern Ireland relative <laughs> in, in my head as I was uh, as I was writing how about you so for me I I created a town that was very close to home for me like it was very much inspired by my hometown this feeling of just it being so small that sometimes it almost feels claustrophobic, right? Like you just, she, Charlie talks about how she's been in this same town with these same people who have been the same <laughs> her whole life. And growing up in my small town, I know a lot of us who felt that way. And we we just felt like, oh, wow, nothing changes. And if you're not the same and you, you are different or you want to grow or you want to be somebody who they don't who the person who knew you at five you're not the same person at 15 and there's this struggle to like want to spread your wings kind of thing um and so I wanted to explore that a little and kind of set readers in that mindset of when you're a teenager and you're on the cusp of figuring yourself out and trying to navigate expectations um and how you can sort of do that without geographically leaving anywhere, right? It's more about the mindset and how you feel about yourself and the the permission I think that you give yourself to explore other things to, so for Charlie, she's got to start appreciating her body as it is. She's got to figure out how she's going to navigate these jealousies with her best friend and how is she going to, in a healthy way, communicate with her mom. And so she doesn't have to leave. She just has to kind of rethink how she's looking at her own life and that ends up being kind of like a light bulb for her. It's sort of all of a sudden she can see that the world does, there is room for her and she can be a great person who is appreciated. It's, it's more internal for her, I think. And I think we've all been there at one point or another. (laughs) Totally. And I, and I, and it's such a, I mean, the age alone writing, young adult or writing middle grade, it's such a vulnerable time, I think. And yeah. you are so sort of laid bare at that age that it makes for, you know, as, as we said, the development of really strong friendships when you, yes. when you're at your most raw and vulnerable that age. Um, but also I think makes for great characters. I know when I read, I like to read, I, I want to see a character's vulnerability and, Me too. and see their, see their broken bits and, um, 
and yeah, and root for them like I did for Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I like to describe myself as someone with a lot of feelings. And I think that's why I gravitate towards YA in middle grade, because you have all the feelings at those ages. And I still do have all the feelings. So <laughs> that's why I loved the Pierce siblings, because yeah. they were just so sweet and and vulnerable and emotional, which was really nice. When you meet up with friends from that age, when you meet up with friends yes. from when you were younger, it's extraordinary to me the the extent to which you just go back to where you what you were at that age. Even thirty years later, yes. all of a sudden you're sixteen again <laughs> in terms of your honesty with each other and um, totally, so, yeah. So that fascination with other, you know, with being a character who's actually the other. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I think that plays into, you know, the perseverance and the positivity in the face of adversity. Uh, and in that vulnerable period of time, Kate, how did you guys bring that into the book? And, and how did that play into the book? And why is it there? Yeah, so we, when we meet Charlie, she really thinks of herself as somebody who doesn't fit in in kind of any area of her life, I think. And we as readers, I like to think we can already see, oh, Charlie, like if you could just see yourself the way that I see you, you would feel differently. And I think that we feel that way so deeply about the people we care about and the people that are in our lives. And it's it's complicated, right? So Charlie, on the one hand, wants to celebrate herself. She really wants to love herself and she wants to appreciate her body. She wants to appreciate other people, but also has a really hard time doing that. And so there is this, this complicated dynamic within herself. And I think self-love in general is like that, where some days are really great and you're like, I am doing so wonderfully and I'm so proud of myself. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh man, I feel terrible and I'm never going to accomplish anything. And so I just wanted to, I think, pay tribute to that very real feeling that we all go through um, and, and kind of deal with from, from time to time. And these poor... It, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. We see it with your, the siblings too. Like they, I think, feel like no one who will ever love them the way that they deserve right yeah. and that's that's such a raw i think it's a fear we all have is who will love us the way that we want them to absolutely absolutely and it was one of the things i loved about writing these characters i um for me as both a reader and a writer um it's it's about characters and it's yeah. about someone that you can fall in love with um and and that was a fun part for me was writing sort of the the three children in the story writing um, their different ways of coping with that feeling of being an outsider and yeah. coping with that feeling of being um, you know um, of of looking for someone to to love them. Anna does it by sort of wearing her heart on her sleeve and just. Putting out, putting her feelings out there. Yep. Edmund does it with humor and snark, and <laughs> um, and 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 a casual disregard for authority. Yep. <laughs> which I wish I had more of in me. But so that was especially fun to write. And and William does it by being the responsible one, by mm -hmm. by taking on everyone else's needs, and um, 
to his to his own detriment. Um, so those were all those were all fun things to explore, whether because they were character traits that I identified with or character traits that I wish I had more of right. in, in my own self. <laughs> I just want to go back to a conversation we were having way in the beginning uh, when we started talking around summer reading. Um, and I know you guys talked about the, the sort of different things you've, you've, the types of things you like to read. Now I'm kind of curious about like titles or that sort of thing. What are you reading? So I currently am reading um, Jay's Gay Agenda, which is by a friend of ours, Jason June. Yeah. Um, so this, I feel like, is the ultimate summer read. It's about this adorable boy named Jay who he is queer and has never had any queer friends and makes this first friend who celebrates and shares this identity. And so he goes ahead and makes Jay's gay agenda and it's a whole list of all of these like romantic to do things that he wants to accomplish um and I I just feel like it taps into all of the things that I personally love with the summer read so I love the YA genre I love some romance I love hijinks so and I love (laughs) just getting to watch these characters grow and make friends and like learn about themselves so for me this is like and this checks all my boxes although to me really anything that you love is a great summer read so absolutely <laughs> what are you absolutely. reading um yeah no I, first of all that book is adorable and to- <laughs> totally charming in general my um I, I do tend to gravitate towards summer reads that are lighter I suppose that's normal although for the past year and a half during COVID times I feel like I've mostly wanted lighter stuff <laughs> I, I definitely read to escape um, but weirdly, my my current my reading right this second is bizarre um, uh, nonfiction, really sort of obscure nonfiction <laughs> in trying to dream up my next story idea. So I've we'll see whether it actually goes anywhere. But I've been reading a lot of books about the history of seances <gasps> and um, and the history of um, people people's belief in being able to communicate with those who have passed on, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, what? who was apparently a huge mm-hmm. proponent of, <sighs> of spiritualism. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just finished actually watching a, watching a documentary um, that was about Thomas Edison and him um, allegedly trying to develop a spirit phone. So, okay. Yeah. I need whatever this book is going to be. I need it right now. <laughs> right now the book is, is probably one page long in my head, but, um, but that is sort of um, where I, where I go when I'm trying to come up with new ideas is reading really weird, obscure nonfiction. And so, yeah, that's been my unusual summer reading so far this year. <laughs> I have to say a spirit phone would lead to a whole nother level of spam. I think. Yes. <laughs> we may not want to go there, right? right? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if that book is only a page long, I do know you have another book that is, I, is a little more formed. So can I you tell do. us about that? I do. Um, I have a second book coming out with, again, with Margaret Ferguson at Holiday House, which is 
something I will never get tired of saying. <laughs> it is tentatively titled Nothing Else But Miracles and is due out in 2023. And it is, again, um, set, it's historical fiction, again, set during World War II, um, but this time in New York. Um, and actually about a half a mile, it's set about a half a mile from where we are currently sitting in the Holiday House offices. <laughs> um, it tells the story of 12-year-old Dory Byrne, whose dad is away fighting on the European front. And she's at home on the Lower East Side with her brothers. And her 17-year-old brother is in charge, which is technically not old enough to really be in charge. Mm -hmm. But um, the neighborhood knows the deal and looks out for them, um, except for their wicked villainous landlord. And when he starts making things difficult for them, Dory and her brothers um, use a secret hidden space um, on the top three floors of a, of a building uh, here in New York as sort of a, a hideout. Um, and it's fun because it's based on a real place. It's that that place actually actually exists here in New York. Um, and it was it was sort of inspired by an old New Yorker essay that I read um, written by Joseph Mitchell in the 50s about um, an actual hidden space above a seafood restaurant um, <laughs> on on the East River waterfront, <laughs> which she is going to after we're done recording. <laughs> I am actually. Well, the, sure. the actual space is actually owned by um, now by the South Street Seaport Museum. So after we finish chatting, I'm actually headed down there <laughs> to see the place that inspired the next book. Wonderful, so, wonderful, yeah, good fun. So, what about you? I know you've got. I know you're um you're you're closer than I am in terms of book two coming out. So tell us everything. Yes. So I have a second YA book, a contemporary book um, that's coming out in spring 22. It is called No Filter and Other Lies. And it is a book that follows uh, this girl. Her name is Kat Sanchez. And she is unlike Charlie in so many ways, but also like Charlie in so many other ways. So she is this tough girl on the outside, but so soft on the inside. And she is a photographer and desperately wants people to like her and appreciate her, but would never tell a soul that that is what she wants. Um, and she really wants to gain notoriety and I think appreciation for her art and her photography on Instagram. Um, and she's seeing her friends get this notoriety. She sees other people get become influencers and nothing is working for her. And she is like, what is wrong with me? And so after one particularly bad night, she decides, you know what? I am sick of being Kat Sanchez. I'm going to be someone else. And she takes a friend of hers and takes her photos and steals them and becomes the friend and makes up a whole other personality on Instagram and pretends to be someone new. Oh, no. And yes, she starts catfishing, which I like to say catfishing with the K because she is cat. Um, nice. Very nice. <laughs> and it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't go as well as she had hoped, I think. And so it's this book that explores how we kind of view ourselves, how tough and I think dangerous and 
addictive social media can be and how we can sort of get sucked into that world of looking at everyone else's life and feeling like they've got it all together and we don't. And yeah, it, it really it goes into what does it mean to find your community, find your people, um, explore who you are. And there is a little bit of romance, but I think this is more about, you know, self-love and, and found family and really coming into your own and being okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. When can I have it? Okay, that's in spring 22. It's actually coming out um, February 1. So almost oh. a year to the day of our, our book anniversary. So. Oh, it sounds so good. And you had me at tough on the outside and soft and squishy on the yes. inside. <laughs> well, it sounds, sounds wonderful. It really does. And so ti- so very timely in terms of the world of social media uh, and, that, and that reality. Not to mention, it's sort of a universal thing when you have to have a character start out on a scheme or a plan and about midway mm-hmm. through the plan go, ah, this wasn't, wasn't such a good a, idea. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. often does that happen? Exactly. <laughs> well, this has been, this has been absolutely delightful. And as, as is so often the case with the guest book for me, uh, the half an hour has sped by. Um, so I just, before we, we sign off, um, we always like to have our guests sign the guest book. So, um, if you would, is there something you'd like to say to our, to our listeners to sign the guest book for us? Oh, wow. I, um, I guess since we've talked so much about summer reading, mm-hmm. I will quote one of my kids, beloved Montessori teachers who always told them, um, that at, when you go out into the, you know, the real world outside of Montessori school, <laughs> that the thing you will miss most is uninterrupted swaths of time to read. And I think about that all the time. It has, it has proven to be true for my kids as they've gone out into the big scary world of middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. So I guess I will sign the guest book by saying, appreciate those swaths of uninterrupted reading time in the summer and enjoy every second. I love that. So I will sign the guest book with, I think, a lesson that both of my characters end up learning in Fat Chance, Charlie Vega and No Filter and Other Lies. And that's whatever it is that you want, you deserve it. And don't forget that. And that is a lovely message. And so, Kate, thank you so much. Crystal, thank you so much. Everybody looking for summer reading, get out there and find Kate's book, A Place to Hang the Moon. And uh, Crystal's book, Fat Chance, Charlie Vega. Good summer reading. And we look forward to more magic coming from both you and your two upcoming books. And we thank you very much. And we thank our listeners for joining us at the guest book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Keith.